Doug Ford stands his ground amid a fake news narrative. The Saskatchewan Health Authority pushes total nonsense and Margaret Atwood gets mobbed for saying that a woman is a woman. It's Fake News Friday. I'm Candace Malcolm and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Thank you for continuing to support the Candace Malcolm show. If you're watching this video on YouTube right now, I'm going to ask that you stop, that you like this video, that you subscribe to True North and make sure that you hit that little red notification bell so that you never miss an episode. If you're watching on Facebook, don't forget to like this video, share, leave us a comment and make sure you go over and like the True North page. Finally, if you're listening to this show in podcast form over at Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, don't forget to subscribe to the Candace Malcolm show and please consider leaving us a five-star review if you enjoy the show show and you like what we are doing over here. Today is Friday, so every Friday I dedicate my show to dispelling the fake news narratives that are out there in the legacy media. I really believe that the legacy media in Canada is one of the biggest problems in this country. The way that they basically make it seem like it's not okay to be conservative, it's not okay to hold common sense positions in our society, it's not okay to question the prevailing knowledge and facts that are pushed by the government, which are often untrue and wrong. They create such a problem in our country and it's so important that we push back against them, that we criticize them, that we stand our ground when it comes to the common sense beliefs held by many Canadians and that we don't allow their narrative to basically bully us into believing what they are pushing. So I'm going to start today by talking about this tweet that went viral for all the wrong reasons. This came from the Saskatchewan Health Authority and basically what they're doing here is pushing total medical misinformation, total nonsense. And frankly, they should have received one of those little labels that Twitter puts on tweets that are full of misinformation because this is just absolute nonsense and it's so silly. There's a good reason why everyone was mocking this on Twitter because it is just absurd. So I'll read you this tweet. So first we have a tweet from Health Canada with these two guys looking rather silly. It says, I'm young and healthy. Should I still get the COVID-19 vaccine? Yes, yes, yes. And then there's a comment here. It says, COVID vaccine helps protect you from getting sick with the disease. Even if you're young, healthy, and fit, the vaccine will give your body a layer of protection that it didn't have. Get vaccinated and help protect everyone. Okay, so whatever. That's just what we've come to expect from health authorities and the fact that they're trying to appeal to young people by putting these two silly uh, images is, is sort of amusing. Not that interesting though, not something that I would cover. However, the Saskatchewan Health Authority, the uh, Twitter account at SaskHealth, uh, quote tweeted this tweet and added their own comment, which like I said, is just completely full of misinformation. It says this, your risk from COVID-19 is not determined by age, fitness level, or community. Your risk is determined by vaccine status. About 78% of all new cases and hospitalizations in Saskatchewan in September were unvaccinated or partially vaccinated. <laughs> and you could just look here to see the ratio. We, we like to call this being ratioed on, on social media land uh, when your tweet has way, way more comments than it does uh, likes or retweets. Well, you can't comment on this because Saskatchewan Health limited uh, their tweets. So you can see all the quote tweets. There's over 4,000 quote tweets compared to just 140 retweets and 230 likes at this point. And so if you, if you go through the uh, quote tweets, you'll just see that this tweet has gone viral for all the wrong reasons. It's mostly filled with people just saying this is totally fake and totally wrong. <laughs> and it is. And even if you're just going by government information, this tweet directly contradicts the 
government of Canada's own website on COVID when it talks about vulnerable people. So this is what the Canadian government says. So it specifically talks about vulnerable populations, and it says vulnerable populations may include older adults, increasing risk with each decade, especially over 60, people of any age with chronic medical conditions, for example, lung disease, heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, kidney disease, liver disease, stroke, and dementia, people of any age who are immunocompromised, including those with underlying medical conditions, and people living with obesity with a body mass index of 40 or higher. So, so just right off the bat, everything we know about COVID, that your risk of COVID is exactly determined by your age and your fitness level. Those are the two most important things, your age, your fitness level, and your health, your your underlying health conditions or your health status. And so the idea that only thing that matters is vaccination is just wrong. It's a lie. It's fake. And it deserves to be mocked, which is why it is being mocked. So here we are where we have the government of Saskatchewan pushing out information that is just not true. And this is why so many people are skeptical of public health and public health experts and the government uh, officials who say that they are the only ones who provide the truth. It's like, no, you're pushing propaganda. You're pushing fake news. This isn't true. Anyone with a brain can see that this isn't true. Stop lying to us. Uh, we, we can handle the truth. You can say that, look, uh, if you're older, you're, you're more likely to get sick from COVID. If you have underlying health issues, you're more likely to get sick from COVID. If you're obese, you're more likely to get sick from COVID. However, everyone should still get vaccinated because you want to protect yourself and more importantly, protect others. You can just tell us the truth. You don't have to lie. And and the more that government officials and public health experts push this kind of propaganda and nonsense to try to pull the wool over our eyes, the more people will be skeptical and not believe it. All right, I want to get to the big story of the week now, which has just been really amusing to watch. Uh, this is the sort of origin of a fake news media narrative. This is what they do, especially against conservatives. They try to push a very, very sanitized uh, public discourse. So you can't really say what you think. You can't really say what you believe. If you say something that's ever so slightly offside with the legacy media, with the latest woke trends, um, they will go after you, they will attack you, and they will be relentless in the way that they cover you. And so, of course, I'm talking about Ontario Premier Doug Ford, who, let me just say from the start, I've been rather disappointed with Doug Ford. I think that he has great instincts and that he is conservative deep down, but he allows himself to get convinced of positions. And so we see him flip-flop, like we saw him flip-flop on vaccine passports. He originally took the right position, saying that I don't want to split up society like that. And then he got pressured to bring them in. A lot of the lockdown stuff, it seemed like he just sort of defers to uh, the public health experts on his in his in his department and allows them to make decisions. But when we see the real Doug Ford uh, come through, it, it's refreshing, it's nice to hear, and I'm, I'm so happy that he is standing his ground, that he's not caving to this nonsense media narrative uh, that's being built around him. So here's the context. He was at a press conference on Monday. He was talking about the labor shortages on Ontario, trying to make an appeal for people to come to the province. And, and, and he said flat out something that, uh, you know, it's not perhaps it's not politically correct but it's true and it's obvious and so I'll, I'll just play this clip this is this is a whole controversy this is what everyone in the media is so worked up about let's play this clip we need people and so folks if you have some hard-working people i just have one criteria you come here like every other new canadian has come here you work your tail off if you think you're coming to collect the dole and sit around not going to happen go somewhere else you want to work 
come here. We have so much work. We can't keep up with it uh, right now. And the reason we have so much work, we've created the environment and the conditions for, for companies to come here and thrive and prosper and grow. And the words out there around the world, come to Ontario. We're, we are now competitive. We, we took $7 billion of burden to be competitive against uh, our, our U.S. friends and, and everywhere else. So as soon as he said this, the left and the mainstream media immediately pounced on Ford, accused him of being a racist, a bigot, anti-immigration, even though the whole point of his comment was that Ontario needs more immigrants to fill jobs. And he talked about how immigrants are good, how most new Canadians come here and work their tail off. And that that's what we need. That's what we continue to want. And he was making that appeal. Was it perfectly sanitized and politically correct? No, but he was being authentic. He was saying what he believed. And rightfully so, he's standing his ground. So there has been a huge, huge groundswell from the NDP opposition, as well as the legacy media, calling him a racist, interviewing everyone they can who believes he's a racist to try to build up the mounting evidence that he must be racist because of this opinion that he held, which, quite frankly, it's not controversial what he said. He, he just said, we have hardworking people here. We want more hardworking people here. Come here if you're hardworking. That shouldn't be controversial. But of course, the media is just obsessed with again, pushing sameness and, and demanding that everyone has the exact same opinion and uses the exact same words or trying to eliminate any kind of difference in thinking. I, I want to just give you a little bit of an example. This is a CTV story and I, I'm going to play it. It's two minutes, but you get the idea of just how absurd this is. So here is a news report that's framed from the issue that Doug Ford has said something horribly wrong, that he is horribly racist, and that it, it, all it does is bring up old racist tropes against immigrants. And then just keep track of all the people who are interviewed in this story and how they all have the same opinion. They, they, they've found five or six people who are all somehow experts in communication or immigration. They're all immigrants and they all hate Doug Ford. They all think that he has said something horribly wrong. They couldn't have found one person to say, look, Doug Ford's comments were pretty harmless. He obviously said it in a positive way. He was trying to appeal to uh, more immigrants. He was complimenting immigrants by saying that they work hard and most of them work their tail off. Um, so really this is just a nothing burger of a story. But instead they find five or six people who are all outraged over this really rather silly story. So let's play this clip. Places in positions of power still can't stop old stereotypes from getting kicked around. Ontario's premier refusing to apologize for comments directed at new immigrants despite the backlash. CTV's Heather Butts reports. Touring southwestern Ontario in a campaign-style stop yesterday, Premier Doug Ford's appeal to help fill a labour shortage backfired with this comment about immigrants. Well, I just have one criteria. You come here like every other new Canadian has come here, you work your tail off. If you think you're coming to collect the dole and sit around, not going to happen. Go somewhere else. Those remarks were described today as hurtful and divisive. His words undermine the thousands of new Canadians who have helped Ontario through the past year and a half. Will the Premier apologize for his reckless comments? Instead of an apology, the Premier was on the defensive today. I am pro-immigration. I have been pro-immigration from day one. The lack of an apology shows ignorance in putting forward harmful stereotypes, says this communication specialist. Feeds into that kind of um, very discriminatory and yes, racist rhetoric of go back where you came from. So there's a lot here that is very, very inappropriate. Ford's comments struck a nerve with immigrants across the country. It's so sad when he hears such comments. George Swanaker says the hard work begins before you arrive. And let me tell you, it took 14 years to get to this place. 
it's not about coming here for fun. It's about coming here based on merit. So when you come here, you have to make sure they're working so hard, one, to survive, and two, to also contribute to the economy of this country. Those who help newcomers say Ford's comments fuel frustration and distrust. This is the government that oversaw the crisis in long-term care, that saw the outbreaks in farm work. The fact that they can come out and try to tell anybody to do their job uh, is not about the truth, it's about divisiveness. And the founder of Canadians United Against Hate is also calling for an apology, saying the comment is dangerous and demonstrates his lack of commitment to fight racism. Morella, Heather Butts in Toronto. And again, one of my biggest criticisms of conservatives in this country is so often when they're met with a media storm like this one, they cave, they, they, they flip-flop, they turn their back, they, they apologize. We saw this over and over again with Aaron O'Toole during the election. Anytime that there was any kind of a media story where they just start pushing the left-wing uh, liberal talking points, or in this case, NDP talking points, uh, the conservative stops, apologizes, and reverses their position. Uh, good for Doug Ford for not doing that. Doug Ford has been asked twice to apologize, and twice he has declined to apologize. So on Wednesday, he was out, and the, again, the media were pushing for him to apologize, and he didn't. Instead, he said this. He said, stop playing politics and let's speak the truth. He said, you know, the backbone of this province are great, hardworking immigrants. Ford went on. He said, my phone is blowing up all night, all day, day before from immigrants telling me their story. I'm the biggest pro-immigrant premier we've ever seen. And so, again, Doug Ford's saying he didn't do anything wrong. He's saying he has support of the community, that he's pro-immigration. He didn't say anything wrong standing his ground, refusing to cower and apologize. This is great. This is what conservatives love to see. Because again, the biggest threat to our freedom in this country, the biggest force uh, for pushing woke left ideology is the legacy media. And so when you have a conservative who just says, no, stop with the nonsense. This is not a story and I'm not apologizing. I have nothing to apologize for. It diminishes the power of the media because when they push a politician to apologize, they've won and they've steamrolled their view to say that you must have this opinion. When a conservative stands up, the media loses their power, they lose their ability. And again, I think this is a victory for common sense and small c conservatism in Canada. Okay, final story here I want to talk about today is this Margaret Atwood tweet. Margaret Atwood was trending on Twitter. And again, this is just one of those examples of the left eating their own. So uh, as you know, Margaret Atwood is a author, a celebrated author, and very much a cultural uh, woke leftist who pushes the far left uh, view uh, on basically every issue. Well, she got mobbed on Twitter for the crime of sharing a Toronto Star op-ed that was written by Rosie DeMano, and all she did was just share the tweet. She didn't write the op-ed. She didn't uh, come up with the idea. She just shared an article with the headline that came with the article. The article said, why can't we say women anymore? That was it. That was all that she tweeted. And she got absolutely mobbed. So the, the context of the story of the op-ed in the Toronto Star is that it says this, the, the word woman is in danger of becoming a dirty word struck from the lexicon of officialdom, eradicated from medical vocabulary and expunged from conversation. Yet in 2016, the British Medical Association recommended staff use pregnant people instead of pregnant woman. A British hospital now instructs staff on its maternity ward to use birthing people instead of pregnant woman. The Biden administration's proposed 2022 budget substituted birth people for mothers. 
and so on and so on and so on. And of course, <laughs> AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has talked about menstruating people instead of saying the word woman. So as I said, the column over in the Toronto Star was written by Rosie DeMano. She's the only columnist over there that has a sense, a hint of common sense in her view. And she's just talking about how, uh, you know, not even taking a really strong opinion, but just basically talking about how this word woman uh, is being erased. And there's this new trend that we see all over the place. And it's usually the butt of a joke on social media where people are piling on about how ridiculous it is um, that, that, that so many officials are now afraid to use the word woman because they don't want to offend the trans community. And so we're creating all of these really stupid made up words uh, to describe women instead of just saying women. And, and again, all Margaret Atwood did was just shared that tweet with the title. And once again, she got mobbed. She was trending on Twitter and her tweet pretty much got ratioed. She got uh, almost 5,000 quote retweets. Um, compared to 1,700 retweets and, and almost 9,000 likes. So not quite as bad uh, of the ratio as the Saskatchewan Health Authority tweet. But instead, we saw a lot of sort of high-profile trans activists really going after her. And so I'll just give you a couple of examples here. Katie Mack, an account with over 400,000 followers, wrote this. No one is banning the word woman. Many organizations are rightly opting for precise language when talking about things that have to do with biological traits rather than gender identity. It's not an attack on womanhood to not equate gender with specific biology. That's basically the argument on the trans community. Another account with 70,000 followers who identifies as a non-binary trans mom says this, I'm disappointed you shared this because it's factually untrue. We can still say woman and we can also say people when it makes sense to use more inclusive language. I'm non-binary. I also menstruate and gave birth to three kids. Saying people with periods includes women and me. Try to wrap your head around that one. Finally, we have uh, Erica Infill, a U.S. activist and columnist, saying, Good morning to everyone except Margaret Atwood. These second wave feminists need to find the exit if they can't be intersectional. So here you see the sort of young, woke internet um, feminists going after the sort of old school feminists. We've seen that a lot. The two communities uh, really don't see eye to eye on some issues uh, when it comes to sort of protecting womanhood, women's spaces. Um, and it's really interesting to see this play out on the left. And it also might be a little bit of karma because remember, not too long ago, Margaret Atwood came after J.K. Rowling over a very similar kind of issue. Atwood signed an open letter in support of the trans community from a group of U.S. writers and authors when J.K. Rowling was facing her being canceled over comments about the fact that sex is real, biological sex is real. J.K. Rowling's comment says, if sex isn't real, the live reality of women globally is erased. And so instead of defending J.K. Rowling in the instance, uh, Atwood signed the letter essentially denouncing Rowling and defending the people who wanted to cancel her and feeding into her cancellation. And so it is just a little bit of delicious irony when you see someone like Margaret Atwood, when the tables have turned, uh, she failed to defend a fellow uh, woman writer in that instance. And now she herself is being mobbed again for just the stupidest comments. I'm not a proponent of cancel culture. I think it is idiotic. And I think that the reaction to this Margaret Atwood tweet is, is just desperation. It's just people who spend too much time online, who are just desperate to virtue signal, to show their superiority. They want excitement. They want someone to cancel. And so they have set their sights on Margaret Atwood. 
and to Margaret Atwood, it's just a little bit of karma for the fact that she usually likes to be on the trendy side of the issues and for the crime of sharing this rather innocuous uh, Toronto Star op-ed. Uh, she herself is getting mobbed online. It's a crazy world out there, folks. And, you know, the, the, the less time we spend on Twitter, the more sanity uh, we maintain. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be back next week. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.